The crowd looks on with horror as they stare into the pupilless eyes of Cal. His blue skin is peppered with the blood of the demons he and Andromeda just slaughtered. This does not ease the minds of the citizens. In fact, this only makes them more anxious after just being attacked. Cal is aware of the public view of him. He, of course, is not human. Not natural, so they say. A guard, who Cal assumes is the captain, chooses to simply ignore the presence of the blue demon and begins the process of getting the people situated by issuing orders to his fellow guards. This seems to shift the people's focus for the time being, but their guard is still up. Andromeda steps beside Cal and speaks out loud. We need to speak to the guildmaster. Is he here? A middle-aged man of average height steps forward. His hair is gray, and he has a full-grown beard of the same color. He approaches cautiously towards Andromeda and Cal. I am the guildmaster Darius. Thank you for helping protect us. We need to talk. Andromeda says as he turns to walk towards a less populated area without another word. Ash and Gull stay put and help the townsfolk out of their shelters and deal with their new situation. Ilaria, Cal, and Darius all move after Andromeda. She leads them a few blocks away from the crowded area and into a more secluded one. Andromeda's form has not changed again since the fight. She appears to be more or less in this state, permanently, for the time being. Cal makes sure to make note of that for later, as he turns to face the group, who all form a circle, to speak to everyone as equally as possible. Darius shifts as his gaze wanders towards Cal. The fact that Cal's eyes possess no pupils means that it is hard to tell whether he is staring directly at someone or not. This only adds to the level of creepiness that Darius feels in the presence he has always regarded as an evil entity. But considering Cal just helped save the entire town from total destruction, he's trying his best to maintain his composure. That was not the last time that they come here. Andromeda begins. It's likely that they want something that this town has. Doesn't look to me like that. Demons are simple beings, Darius says as he takes a quick glance at Cal. They simply want to destroy. There's no rhyme nor reason to who or where they kill. There's nothing to be done here but rebuild our lives. Darius folds his arms at the end of his statement. Do you really believe that? That there was no reason to this massacre? Alaria asks. You say that demons are simple. It's true. Demons are unorganized and bloodthirsty. They kill without purpose. But did this look anything like that to you? 
You seem to know a lot about demons. But I guess it's not surprising judging by the company you keep. Darius says. Cal's eyes narrow at Darius. Do I look like one of those creatures to you? You don't need to look like them. You are a demon. In fact, you're all suspicious. The only ones who seem to be human are this one and the big guy. Darius says, pointing at Ilaria. His face infused with the fact of how uncomfortable this situation makes him. You all call me and anyone without looks like yours a demon. People with thoughts like yours tried to kill me without any reason besides the fact that I exist. And yet everyone you send to me to hunt me, to kill me, has returned to you alive. Am I really that evil? Alive, yes, but broken. Some of those people can no longer participate in the jobs that they trained their entire lives for. Darius snarls at Cal. It isn't my fault that you send sheep to kill a wolf. If you want to kill me, you'll have to do better than low-class adventurers looking for a promotion, Cal says. Darius is visibly angered by the words spoken by Cal. What if you all had something to do with this attack? Andromeda cuts in at this point. Darius, as much as I would love to squash all of your idiotic beliefs right here, right now, there are things that are more important, like protecting this town. Now, tell me what it is you are hiding. Her hair flares with fire, and the area around her warms noticeably. Darius loses all courage at this sight and starts to step back away from the circle. Fine, I'll show you, he says as he begins to walk towards the center of town. The survivors have filtered to different parts of the town by now. They all walk around. Some have immediately gotten to work, clearing the streets of the body parts and cleaning the blood off the sidewalks with looks of anger and frustration on their faces. Others wander aimlessly in shock as they look around at the carnage. They look with tears running down their face at the body parts and the blood thrown about the place. The town can rebuild. They can get back to where they were economically within a reasonable time. They will never be the same. This will likely cause psychological damage that will last for the rest of the lives of all those who have survived. There's one person who feels the brunt of the hatred directed at the demons. And as he walks down the streets, Cal feels every glare from the townsfolk. Darius leads them through the town's now bloodied roads to a building that Cal assumes is the guild hall. It's exactly how Cal expected a guild hall to look. Tables and chairs adorn the vast space inside the hall. There are a couple counters in the back that appears to be the reception area of the guild, and upstairs there seems to be 
a relaxing area. Spotted from down below, Cal can see couches and a coffee table of sorts. But Darius does not take the team across the guild hall or even upstairs. He takes them down a spiraling staircase that leads to a basement, to a set of doors. They are large. Cal and Andromeda are on the taller side, but they suspect that even Gull with his height would be able to pass through the brown wooden double doors that stand in front of them without any problems. The doors are locked behind chains. Darius pulls a large key ring from his pocket, containing many keys, and after sifting through them and finding the correct one, he unlocks the door. When they open, Andromeda knows exactly why the demons attack this town. Her eyes wander to the aged stone walls that make up the inside of the room. It smells damp and earthy. The only source of light is a few candles that are scattered across the room. They seem to light themselves as Andromeda enters. That's never happened before, Darius points out as he waits outside the room. Cal and Ilaria enter right after. In the middle of the room sits a pedestal, and on this pedestal sits a set of clothes. Yeah, that's all that's down here. We can't move them. Believe me, we tried. Been here since before I was born. Our people have taken a look at it, and they say that holds a lot of power. They also say if anyone tried to put them on besides whoever they're meant for, they'd likely die from the overload of power that would course through them. Andromeda moves closer to take a look. The clothes are a pair of black shoes, black pants with a stripe of white going down either side of the pant leg, and a set of long hand wraps. Andromeda knows what this is. She moves away from the pedestal, back to the middle of the room. Cal feels something tug at his mind. For a second, he thinks it's Jax who remained above in the town, trying to speak to him telepathically but he quickly realizes this is something different. His feet move on their own as he starts to walk towards the pedestal. He moves with slow, determined steps. The others in the room watch intently. Darius goes to stop Cal, thinking that the demon must be up to something, but stops as he feels the armored hand of Andromeda rest heavily on his shoulder. Ilaria stares curiously as Cal seems almost as if he is in a trance. It's his gift, Andromeda announces to those who have presence of mind to listen. Gift? Gift for what? Darius asks. You know the history of the gods and humans, Guildmaster? Yes. And it's easy enough to explain. He and I are the guardians, judges of gods, protectors of mortals, she says. Darius's eyes go wide after processing the things Andromeda has said and opens his mouth to speak, but before his words can even form, 
The room is filled with a blinding light as Cal reaches the pedestal and picks up the clothes. For Cal, the room goes silent. He looks around as he tries to understand what's happening. The people in the room are frozen besides him and Andromeda. He only has a moment to register this as the room begins to literally melt and drip away. The area that reveals itself is something of truly magnificent beauty. Cal has seen many beautiful things in the forest. Wildlife, plants, the beams of sunlight that seem to illuminate the right flower at the most perfect angle. Gao has learned that nature is in fact the most beautiful thing one can ever experience. But in this moment, he realizes that his assumption may not be the most accurate. Before him there is a vast area stretching further than Cal can possibly imagine. This area is split in half vertically. Cal stands on the half filled with endless sky. Even below him he sees the infinite blue and white that feels and looks like freedom. He realizes that he is now wearing the clothes he picked up, and as he continues to look around the room, he sees Andromeda. As she stands on the other side, the side filled with endless galaxies, littered with twinkling stars and planets that make up the universe, a place where Andromeda feels in control. Her form seems to switch at different intervals between the fiery visage she has been since nightfall and the star-like resemblance she wore during the day. She makes a grand gesture at the area as she says, This is it, Cal. Your orientation. <laughs>